This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Grasshopper. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper. The entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local toll-free number or just bring your own. See how it works? Go to grasshopper.com. We're also brought to you by Geico, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And you know what? Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, we promised you Dan Deerdorf, and yes, he is here with us. Dan was a Pro Bowl offensive tackle for the St. Louis Cardinals, who was so good he was named to the 1970s NFL All-Decade Team and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But before he started playing his football on Sundays, Dan was a dominant blocker on Saturday afternoons at the University of Michigan, where he was a three-year starter, two-time All-Big Ten selection for Bo Beckler, and a consensus All-America as a senior. The focus of our draft series this week on the University of Michigan. We've invited Dan to visit with us today about those days in Ann Arbor. And Dan, thank you for saying yes. Oh, glad to be with you guys. And by the way, I was only a three-year starter because I'm so old, freshmen weren't eligible when I played college <laughs> That's football. Right. That's, That's right. Yeah, but, uh, and plus all my photos are in black and white. It's sad. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Dan, we, we featured Ohio State a few weeks back on our draft series and interviewed both Paul Warfield and Ryan Shazier. They couldn't even bring themselves to say the word Michigan. So how did a kid from Ohio wind up playing his football at Michigan? Well, the reason they don't say Michigan is they can't even spell it. So that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's the biggest difference between Ohio State and Michigan. I ended up in Ann Arbor uh, because... Uh, Actually, I was recruited by Don James, uh, who ended up being the coach at Washington and, uh, you know, a tremendous football coach. He was the defensive backfield coach, and he's from Maslin, Ohio, which is right next to my hometown of Canton. And he really worked it. And secondly, and I have a get-out-of-jail-free card, Woody Hayes did not offer me a scholarship to Ohio State. Wow. So there you go. Wow. So was- don't blame me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it wasn't even a question of me saying no to Ohio State. They said no to me. <laughs> well, that's a logical follow-up that, that I, I must ask you. Had he offered you a scholarship, do you go to Ohio State as a loyal son of Ohio, or do you go to Ann Arbor? Well, it certainly would have made it interesting. My high school football coach uh, played at Ohio State for Woody. Woody spoke at my uh, senior uh, football banquet. So it's not like he didn't know who I was or something like that. I He just, uh, uh, I guess uh, he thought he had plenty of offensive and defensive line talent. It would have made it hard, but uh, uh, where I lived in, in, in northern Ohio, in Canton, it's a two-hour drive to Columbus, and it's only a three-hour drive to Ann Arbor. So uh, it, it's not really, when I was in Michigan, a full 50% of our roster was from the state of Ohio. It was certainly nothing unusual to go to Michigan uh, if you lived in Ohio. We're speaking with Hall of Fame offensive lineman Dan Deardorff on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And Dan, since you mentioned uh, Michigan, all those Ohio guys that went to the University of Michigan, that school's produced 11 offensive linemen who became first-round NFL draft selections and 11 more who became second-rounders. How and why has Michigan become such a mother load of blockers? It is a legacy of Michigan's. Uh, I, I know that uh, it's something they'd very much like to get back to. Part of it was Bo Schembechler's uh, uh, 
love of winning the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think we all are aware of the fact that Bo was not ever mentioned as one of the great innovators of the passing game. And he loved to run the football. He loved to play a very physical game at the line of scrimmage. And he had a line coach, a guy named Jerry Hanlon, who was his line coach for, for 20 years. And he was a wonderful, fundamental teacher of drive blocking, of how you win the line of scrimmage by using leverage, low man wins, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was just a question, I think, of great teaching, and the emphasis was always there on outstanding line play at the University of Michigan. Dan, there were eight college stadiums that now seat 100,000, but when you played, there was only one, the Big House. How much of a home field advantage has the Big House provided Michigan teams over the years? Well, I think it's intimidating to to some people when they come in there, and uh, especially uh, uh, schools, that, you know, when we play the non-conference schedule, and they, they come out that tunnel, and, and I, it might be. it's all. It, I'll tell you, it's, it's almost so big that you don't realize it's that big because there's so many people there, they all kind of dissolve into one another. And I will say this about Michigan Stadium, and given the fact that it's constructed, it's a bowl, the noise from all those people, I think, has more of a tendency to go up and out than it does projected down on the field. It's not the noisiest stadium in college football. So I think in some regards, the noise isn't what I think intimidates a lot of people. I just think it's the sheer spectacle of 110,000 people who've just all come to watch your demise. (laughs) There's a little bit of a Roman spectacle to it. (laughs) Sounds like a lot. When you were recruited uh, to Michigan by Bump Elliott was involved there at the time, but you played your last two years, I think it was, with with Bo Schemplecker. Right. How did Bo impact you as a person and as a football player? Well, I, uh, you're right. I was recruited by Bump Elliott, uh, who was a Michigan legend as a player and just the, a, a wonderful, wonderful man, who's still alive, by the way, lives in Iowa City. He was the athletic director at Iowa for a long time and had a great visit with Bump this past fall when we went to Iowa. But when Bo came in, he arrived like the Tasmanian devil. The little whirlwinds were circulating around him. He took all of us by complete surprise. Uh, I had never been exposed to anyone who was that demanding, that intense, who had a personality that sucked the air out of the room when he was in it. Playing for Bo was a really unique experience. I look back on it, and somebody, if you're going to be a success in this world, somebody somewhere along the line is going to push you harder and make you do things that you didn't think were possible. And Bo Schembechler was that person in my life. Dan, I, I want to take you back to your first year as a starter. That was 1968. You, you were part of a front that enabled Ron Johnson to rush for an NCAA record, 347 yards and five touchdowns against Wisconsin. How, how does a back run for three football fields of yards in a single afternoon. Can you give us your memories of that day? Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a muddy uh, uh, day, uh, which was perfect. Uh, uh, you know, in, in a field like that, uh, I think the advantage really lies with the offense. They know where they're going. The defense has to react to it. But I think it was just a combination that we were just blowing them off the ball. And, you know, when somebody runs for 347 against you, you're – you're just not very good. So I, think, I, I don't know how else 
I, I don't think I was going against Lyle Alzado or Jack Youngblood that day. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll sec- probably get hate mail now from somebody in Madison. Dan, in your second season started in 69, your Wolverines upset Ohio State in the regular season finale. That ended a 22-game Ohio State winning streak and denied the Buckeyes back-to-back national titles. How satisfying was that for a kid from Canton who didn't get a scholarship offer from Ohio State? It's the greatest football game that I've ever been involved in, and it really started uh, the modern era of, of Michigan football. Michigan had been, oh, pretty much a 500 team in the, in the Big Ten for maybe seven or eight years prior to that. And it was Bo's first year. Everything we did uh, was patterned after Ohio State. Bo admitted to me later, he said, if we were preparing for Illinois or, or Minnesota or Indiana, part of that practice Every day, there was a five-minute period in that practice where we were doing something that was in preparation for Ohio State. And that's how much it mattered. Uh, you had to beat Ohio State if you were to be anybody in the Big Ten at that time. You know, the week before, they'd been on the cover of Sports Illustrated where they were speculating, is this the greatest college football team that has ever been assembled? And their average margin of victory that year was 38 points. And, yes, it was a colossal upset, but it really cemented Bo Schembechler and started the new era of Michigan football. Hey, Dan, this has been fun. Thanks for the time, and, and thanks so much for the memories. Oh, glad to talk to you guys. Always fun, and you've got a great responsibility with the Hall of Fame, and uh, you do a good job with it. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks Dan. Dan. That was former Michigan great and Hall of Fame offensive lineman Dan Deardorff. Up next, why a former running back may have just gotten a boost for Canton. This is the Talk of Fame Network.